So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one -on -one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu. Pittsburgh keeping the puck in. Shot is handled by Ronta. And streaking down the wing was Jake Gensel. And on a rebound, Ronta's out of position and they'll score. Gensel with a second chance and Pittsburgh pumps it into the net. And the Penguins, four minutes and 28 seconds into this one, take the lead. Yeah. Niederreiter pulls up on the check of Ruedel. Sent back down low for Stahl. Faust will get to it. Try to get it to Stahl. He'll pitch it out front. Niederreiter's there to Smith. Stretches. Rebound chance. Don't score! Jordan Stahl with a monster goal. Hard-working line. Hard work pays off. And the Canes on the board. They've cut their deficit to 2-1. to one. Stahl takes it away from Malkin. And the Canes, if they hurry, have a two-on-one. It's Niederreiter and Stahl. Niederreiter into the slot. His shot to Smith with a save. Rebound chance to Smith. Gets to it. Back into the slot. Pittsburgh picks up the loose puck. Oh, Casey to Smith. Two huge saves there. And the Penguins Malkin the other way. And his pass interrupted by Niederreiter. What a back check by the Canes forward. And the score! Jordan Stahl after you keep a puck in. Gorgeous redirection. And it beats to Smith. Just chopped on. And now we've got a fight behind the net of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Vincent Trocek and Mark Friedman are throwing. Trocek and Friedman back and forth. Trocek's jersey's over his head. Friedman's throwing. Trocek's still throwing punches. Linesmen are watching. And then Trocek gets the decision, throwing Friedman down to the ice. Oh, it's escalated to about an 11 here tonight in Raleigh. Carolina looks for a lane. His shot gets through Svechnikov up front. Four forwards on the ice for the Carolina Hurricanes here. Aho with it. Terravina shot right in. Rebound, they score! Svechnikov buries it in overtime. And the Hurricanes storm back down 2-0 after the first period. We'll collect a 3-2 win over the Penguins. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I'm Adam Gold. Thanks for hanging out. Wow. Um, didn't look so good for... <laughs> a couple of minutes in, did it? Uh, as Pittsburgh jumped out, it led 2 nothing after 1. I don't think Carolina was good. I don't think they were bad. They were just there in the first period. But, man, from the second period on, it just looked a whole lot different. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. There is no place like it. 
Sammy Hanna's crew do a great job. So if it's for outside, you know, you got roofing, you got siding. Windows are indoors and outdoors, but they keep the outdoors out. So we call them outdoors. Uh, so free no obligation estimate online at aluminumcompany.com. 2 nothing Pittsburgh after one. Carolina really made a couple of mistakes and ends up in their net. Uh, for the most part, I thought it was a relatively even period. Maybe Pittsburgh had a slight edge. Uh, they certainly had an edge in high danger opportunities. I think that uh, that total ended up being 10-1. So uh, they just, it could have been much worse. Ronta played his best in the first. Didn't have to do a ton after that in terms of, and he made some good saves. There was a blocker save on Brock McGinn. Uh, when he came in alone down the right side on a bad line change. But uh, there were a couple of other opportunities, but Carolina was, I think, very good defensively in front of him. Uh, there were some desperation plays made. You'll hear one uh, in just a little bit. Uh, but when you get right down to it, the Hurricanes were absolutely the better team in the second and the third and then in overtime. Uh, and they got the point the two points that they deserved. Did they give Pittsburgh one on their way out of town? Yes, they did. They gave the Penguins one on their way out of town. Uh, I think we'll all be okay because Carolina got two. They got games in hand. They got a little bit wider lead now, four-point lead. It goes from uh, 79-76 to 81-77, so four-point lead with a couple of games in hand. And uh, a 2-0 lead on the Pens in the season series will... Uh, see him one more time before the end of the season. I don't believe it's that far down the road. I don't have it in front of me, but I don't think it's that far down the road. Uh, but boy, we're going to boil this down to a couple of things before we go through the goals, and then Alec Campbell will join us in just a little bit. Um, it was it was a slow start, and then, honestly, I think the the tenor of this game changed. I believe this the tenor of this game changed when the Stahl Fost Niederreiter Niederreiter line uh got on the ice and went absolutely bonkers. Stahl takes it away from Malkin and the Canes if they hurry have a two on one. It's Niederreiter and Stahl. Niederreiter into the slot. His shot to Smith with a save. Rebound chance to Smith gets to it. Back into the slot. Pittsburgh picks up the loose puck. Oh, Casey to Smith. Two huge saves there. And the Penguins Malkin the other way. And his pass interrupted by Niederreiter. What a back check by the Canes forward. That was a diving play by Nino Niederreiter coming back. I've, I said it at the beginning of the season. First four, five, six games into the year, Nino looks different. And Niederreiter is back to playing that hockey. It's not about the goals for Nino. It's about all the other things that he's doing uh, that has elevated that line. Notice, a lot of the other lines have changed. I mean, we've we've had SAT now for, oh, I don't know, four or five games in a row. But my feeling is that's going to change because they have to get scoring throughout the lineup. But Niederreiter, Stahl, Faust, stays together. They're too good. They're too heavy to play against. Nino, I think Nino's having the most fun he's ever had playing hockey with this group. And Jordan Stahl, who couldn't buy a goal for two and a half months, none in 35, now has six in his last 11. You could say it's law of averages, or you could simply recognize that over that stretch, 
Jordan Stahl and his line mates had created chances to score. Jordan just couldn't. He was snake bit. He had no confidence. He was gripping the stick. He was pulverizing the whatever. There's no wood in sticks anymore. Uh, but he was, he was just a little too wrapped tight. Well, now they're just going in off his leg. They're going in at a great deflection tonight uh, for his second goal. I mean, but he continues to play the same brand of hockey he played last year. And we don't have to ask anymore. What's different? Same game, puck just going in. Same game, puck's just going in. Uh, I don't like to see Vincent Trocek fight because Vincent Trocek's too important to the team and the Hurricanes missed him for the last three and a half minutes, three fourteen of regulation, and then uh, for the first 40% of overtime. Um, but Trocek played a big role once he got back on the ice. Gosh, another guy. Another guy who's just... It's the little things with Vincent that just makes you go, wow, love the guy. Do. Um, I hated the fight. No reason for it. And your big right-handed face-off guy, who you only have one right-handed face-off guy in the lineup now because Stepan is in the press box. Uh, and I don't think they're going to use Jarvis or Natchez to take free, uh, free throws. Face-offs if they can avoid it. Uh, so he's unavailable for five minutes. That's not good on top of the fact that you could get hurt. But whistle in overtime, he comes out of the box and uh, gets on the ice and then immediately antagonizes Chris Letang into a penalty and laughs, laughs as he's skating away and the Hurricanes score on the penalty. Um, but look, I hope a couple of, a couple of quick observations about the team and we'll get into some, uh, some good and some bad and uh, every game is not a referendum. Okay, the the season is a body of work and every night you either add to that body of work or you detract from that body of work. Actually, you're always adding to it. Sometimes you're just putting some negative vibes in there. You're always adding to the body of work every single time. And that's not to say that games that happened Thursday night in Washington or Tuesday in Detroit, which was meh. Uh, Carolina got what they deserved. Actually, in a way, fortunate, but basically got what they deserved, one point. That's not to say that those games don't carry meaning. They do. But you gain more meaning from the greater picture. So, yeah, Carolina stunk in Washington. There's no getting around that. They were horrific and deserved to lose in Washington and deserved to not score in Washington. But ultimately, the Hurricanes are 38, 12, and 5. They have the best record in the Metro, the best record in the Eastern Conference, the best points percentage in the Eastern Conference, and the only team that has a better points percentage than the Carolina Hurricanes in the entire NHL will be here on Thursday. The Colorado Avalanche. For my money, best team in the league. Uh, best team in the league. And I ain't sure it's close, to be perfectly honest, but that's who's going to be here on Thursday. But the bigger picture is that the Hurricanes are an excellent hockey club. 
Do they have flaws? Yeah. Some of them were on display tonight. Some of them uh, are among the forward group that just can't score. It frustrates me because I own, for people who have followed me, I have this weird, I don't know why I do it, sense of obligation to respond, to engage with you because I like the forum, especially during more after games. I try not to tweet during games as much because there's a lot going on and you could miss stuff and I hate missing things. I hate it. So when I see silly like we saw after Washington, it gets me, I don't want to get drawn into to dumb conversations. So if you are having this conversation on Twitter, I apologize uh, for characterizing it as a dumb conversation. We don't need people going, this power play needs to be fixed. It had nine goals in the last nine games before today. Actually, before yesterday. So it was nine goals in the last 10 games. And they didn't score a power play goal. Scored a power play goal tonight. So now that's 10 goals in the last 11 games. We don't have to fix the power play. It's fourth in the NHL. You just don't. There are, there are some issues. There's some puck management problems. Jacob Slavin talked about that in the first intermission. Uh, puck management led to the first goal for sure. Uh, and ultimately, uh, a little bit of a lackadaisical, uh, I think Tripp referred to it, and Rod always does, take a breath right after the uh, power play expired for Pittsburgh. You killed off a good power play. And then a goal, uh, a goal happens on the ensuing rush because there's just a little bit of a lack of attention to detail to finish the play. You didn't get possession of the puck. Still got to play it out. Uh, and it's 2 nothing. and you're now you're kind of, I mean, you're chasing the game, uh, literally. But you're also, you've got the lingering effect of 4 nothing in D.C. hanging over your head. But they went to the locker room, they regrouped, and they came out and blew Pittsburgh out for the remaining 40-some-odd minutes, 43 minutes and however many seconds of the game. Blew Pittsburgh out. They were that much better than the Penguins. It's frankly remarkable they only scored twice. Think about this. After the first period, Hurricanes had a 30 to 11 edge in scoring chances. 30 to 11 after the first. 15-4 was the edge in grade A scoring chances. It's pretty good. It's pretty dominant. Um, Carolina had, there were some alarming numbers in the uh, in the shot totals, in the possession metrics, right? Carolina was outshot or outchanced 12-6 by Pittsburgh in the first. 10-1 in high danger. But the Hurricanes turned that around. 16-8 shot advantage in the second. 15-7 scoring chance advantage. 9-2 grade A's. Third period, 11-5 edge in shots. 11-3 in chances. 4-2 in high danger. This is in all situations. And then they uh, you dominate the overtime. Uh, it's a little weird domination, but uh, you get... You had, you had the better opportunities. Uh, Pittsburgh, maybe Pittsburgh looked a little bit gassed on the back end, second half of a back-to-back, but, I mean, Carolina was doing the same thing, also with travel. There was no advantage for either team, except that Pittsburgh probably expended more energy in winning in Tampa 
than the Hurricanes did in losing in Washington. So let's go through the goals. Alec Campbell's going to join us in just a couple minutes. All right. Uh, so Pittsburgh gets off to uh, the fast start. Uh, they lead one nothing. Jake Gensel, side of the net, tap in, play really created by uh, a Martin Natchez turnover. Just, uh, you know, not a good enough play. You had actually some room to skate if you wanted to, but he tried to pass the puck out of the zone. Uh, I want to give him credit for getting to the puck, but you have to do better when you get to the puck. Uh, so Gensel, easy tap in, one nothing. Second goal is a transition play, as I referred to, uh, off the power play right after that expires. Uh, good kill, but you, if you don't possess the puck, get a whistle, or get a line change and get back to normal flow of play, then essentially it's just an extension of the power play. Um, and the whole thing started, even though Nino played a great game, the whole thing was even made possible by the fact that Niederreiter was kind of drawn into a silly retaliatory penalty. Chad Ruweedle, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I can barely say it. Um, he just kind of shoved Nino just inside the blue line right after, essentially after a shift. Nino's going to go to the bench, right? Just shoved him. And for some reason, Nino was frustrated, but whatever. I mean, could be the fact that it was uh, one nothing. I just turned and slashed him right on the gloves. Like, I think there's a fair chance that Ruedel uh, embellished the pain, but, I mean, it's pretty clear what Nino did. It was an easy, easy arm in the air. Uh, so, that is the power play that Carolina killed, but Pittsburgh scored less than 10 seconds after it expired in transition. So, it's really an extension of it, and it was all unnecessary because Nino didn't have to do that. But, it is what it is, right? So, it's 2 nothing after 1. Uh, and then, uh, Jordan Stahl, <laughs> Jordan Stahl goes to work. Um, look, it happened quickly, 4.20 in, uh, it was a heavy, heavy shift, and Jordan Stahl ultimately cleaned up some loose change. Niederreiter pulls up on the check of Ruedel, sent back down low for Stahl, Fost will get to it, try to get it to Stahl, he'll pitch it out front, Niederreiter's there, DeSmith stretches, rebound chance, don't score! Jordan Stahl with a monster goal. Hard-working line. Hard work pays off, and the Canes on the board. They've cut their deficit to 2-1. to one. Yeah, you win a battle behind the net, and then Stahl, uh, the puck squirts out towards the goal. Stahl pokes it in on net. It comes out the other side. Nino gets the puck uh, on goal. It bounces off. DeSmith or a defenseman and just slides right out into the slot. Uh, and DeSmith is out of position. Uh, and all Jordan Stahl has to do is avoid the two Penguins standing in the way. And he somehow caromed it off uh, one of them uh, and through. And it's 2-1. And you can, all right, now we got one. See if we can't get two. And frankly, I don't know how they didn't get two or three or four in the second period because uh, Carolina was really good. Uh, Steven Lawrence had a chance off a Jarvis pass, just a gorgeous Seth Jarvis pass. Uh, but, uh, Lawrence couldn't elevate the puck quickly enough. Uh, and Casey DeSmith, who was honestly phenomenal tonight. Uh, Trocek missed the net from the slot. Uh, Nino had five, four, I'm sorry, four grade A chances in the second period. I mean, it could have been very, very different, but it wasn't. 
Carolina couldn't figure Casey DeSmith out. Uh, and frankly, um, they really didn't score a normal goal in the third period. Uh, but they get to the third. Midway through, Carolina's carrying the play. They're the better team. They're creating opportunities. Just, you know, we've seen this pattern develop over the last few games uh, where even when they're creating a bunch of chances, they just don't don't seem to be able to cleanly finish them. You know, they the for the amount of, you know, puck possession they had tonight, you would have thought that they would have been even more dangerous than they actually were. I mean, 15 high danger opportunities, pretty good, but um, it's just, it was one of those games where Carolina had a hard time uh, getting the final piece to fall. So uh, while they had some high grade A opportunities, they probably could have and should have had more. Uh, and then the puck comes out to the point and Jordan stalls at it again. Jordan Stahl, after you keep a puck in, gorgeous redirection, and it beats to Smith. Yeah, that was just, I mean, honestly, it wasn't even a shot. It was just a fling. I mean, to call it a shot would be a lie. I uh, just flung it toward the goal. Stahl happened to be right in line between Bear and Smith, and he just kind of deflected it down and slightly uh, beyond the reach inside the far post. And Carolina's tied it at two. Again, hoping that you can get another one and you felt like you would. Uh, and then goofiness began to happen. Stretch pass. He gets it up. Backhander put on by Russ Ronto with the save. And what a defensive play made by the Carolina Hurricanes. Andre Svechnikov again. And now Svechnikov with the puck in room. Svechnikov lowers the shoulder. Goes to the front. Charges the net. To Smith with the save. And now... Flaring again is Rodriguez and Svechnikov pushing and shoving as the Penguins' net knocked off of its bay. It's chopped on, and now we've got a fight behind the net of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Vincent Trocek and Mark Friedman are throwing. Trocek and Friedman back and forth. Trocek's jersey's over his head. Friedman's throwing. Trocek's still throwing punches. Linesmen are watching, and then Trocek gets the decision, throwing Friedman down to the ice. Oh, it's escalated to about an 11 here tonight in Raleigh. <laughs> They've turned it up to 11. Uh, look, that even though I hate uh, the, the fight, I hate the fact that you lose Trocek for five minutes. Um, and I'm not going to defend it. Uh, I'm not going to criticize it other than you hate to be without Vincent Trocek when you don't have to be. But that was an indication of where Carolina went to tonight. Because I love Rod Brindamore. The first period and the second period didn't look the same. Nor did the third period. It, the, the intensity ratcheted up. It felt very much like an important regular season game. So Trocek and, I don't know, uh, uh, New York Times columnist Tom Friedman, uh, they got into a fight. 
And Trocek sits, got blood coming off his nose, the bridge of his nose. Um, so no Trocek for five minutes. But he comes out of the penalty box and immediately engages Chris Letang and draws a penalty from Letang. It, it was like the third, maybe the fourth jab slash at Trocek before the referee just went, dude, I got to send you, I got to send you off. I tried not to. I tried everything just like the rest of the game when we don't call penalties against Pittsburgh. Don't get me, I'm not going to get started on that. There were a few that were allowed to go. And maybe some on Carolina too, by the way. Maybe that's just the way it was called today. There were, uh, there were a couple of penalties that were allowed uh, to, uh, to go unwhistled, but they were not unwhistling Chris Letang. That created the penalty to Letang, the Trocek little uh, pest rat maneuver, the Prius, and then 37 finished it off. Carolina looks for a lane. His shot gets through Svechnikov up front. Four forwards on the ice for the Carolina Hurricanes here. Aho with it. Terabina shot right in. Rebound, they score! Svechnikov buries it in overtime. And the Hurricanes storm back down 2-0 after the first period. We'll collect a 3-2 win over the Penguins. All right. I need the towel off. My man, Alec Campbell, Stormwatch, Aftermath, Admission, Hurricanes Radio Network, uh, Chief Bottle Washer. Uh, are we doing dishes right now? Are we doing dishes? You know, we're not. I, I just uh, I just threw the, the cast iron pan in the water. I've got it on the stove drying out for a couple of minutes, but I was able to kind of do some dishes as I went tonight throughout the game. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, all right, that was fun. I didn't like the first period in spite of what the uh, the head coach thought the first period I agree. Was, yeah. I agree. How could you like that first period? They, they didn't generate anything offensively. They were yeah. bad in their own end. They had a giveaway that turned into a goal. It wasn't a good first period, and then the Hurricanes turned the whole game upside down in the second. Yeah, this, from the second period on, that shift uh, with Stahl, Faust, and Niederreiter, and Niederreiter coming back and making a diving back check on Malkin – uh, to me, that turned the game around right there. That that level of desperation uh, that was on display uh, turned everything. So I'll turn it over to you here. What did you love the most? Well, I mean, I think there were a number of good back checks in the game, first of all. I think there were a couple of guys who had some good ones. Nino had a good one. Fetch had a good one. Um, there were There were a few in there. So I liked a lot of that. But, I mean, I just liked – I liked the, just their whole game, essentially. I mean, the game was all Pittsburgh in the first period. Canes were out high danger 10-1, <laughs> uh, according to natural stat trick. Yeah. And they went 15-4 high danger chances through the next two periods. I mean, essentially the second period was a complete opposite of the first period. Um, and although the Hurricanes did not score a second goal, they probably could have. But Casey DeSmith was insane in the second period. Yeah. He made a couple of great saves. Um, but I love the way the game set up in the sense that Pittsburgh played the good first period, Canes played the better second period, and the third period set up for a battle royale. 
because you've got the Hurricanes coming up, two bad games. Yeah. You've got division supremacy, head-to-head, metropolitan, hot metropolitan action. <laughs> and you've got – and you've got the, you know, the, 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 the Pens knew the Canes were going to come with a push. The Canes knew they knew that. And the Pens weren't going to rest on that in the third. So it, it, it just set, it, it set itself up for a tremendous third period. And it was just great, great theater, great entertainment, great intensity. Um, you know, I, I love so much about it. Don't love the Trocheck fight with, you know, four, three-plus minutes to go in the game. Yeah. You know, because you and I have talked a lot about all the things Trocheck does. I mean, 2-2 hockey game in the third against the Pens for situational reasons. Bad guy to go off the ice for that amount of time. Canes get bailed out by a, by a penalty. And then they go to overtime, and Trocheck just baits Chris Letang into a penalty. I mean, so ballsy. It's beautiful, but but it worked. Yeah, it worked. Like to, to come to, to to take the penalty he took at such a crucial moment at the end of the third, to then take that risk in overtime was, I mean, that was uh, that was bold. The bold move, but it worked. Yeah, it was. And, uh, you know, how, how can you not love the power play? Uh, look, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. You have an extra guy. Take shots. Take shots. Go get shots. Go get them. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, the shot. Also, what? Also, Adam, this is why you don't write off games after one period. <laughs> that's why you can't get your britches in a bunch because you've seen one bad period get right. played. Correct. You know, this game turns on a dime. It's a weird, bizarre game. I mean, you hate when good periods end, you love when bad periods end. So it's just, it's the nature of the game. I mean, at first I can understand, oh crap, here we go again, third game in a row. Kane's got nothing. Right. They're, they're going to get whooped at home this time. But they turned it around, and they were the better team. Yeah. So, you know, everyone just needs to calm down. Calm down. Relax. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. <laughs> uh, two things. Somebody uh, reached out on Twitter and said, uh, this team is reeling. And I, it, was at, it, it was in in the first period. First period wasn't even over. Frankly, the first period could have ended 3 nothing. Uh, there were a couple of other really good chances late uh, that Pittsburgh didn't convert. Um, and I went, reeling? Really? I mean, I realized they stunk in Washington. Uh, and yeah. they, they obviously weren't good in Detroit, but they got a point. So the team that had just gone 6-0-2 in their last eight before last night, that team is reeling? I mean, are yeah. we serious? But honestly... They don't play well and win, and the refrain after the game is, "Well, you know, you got to win some games that way. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna be a cup team or whatever, they play the same game and get one point out of it, and everybody's like, 
oh, they're reeling. It's a problem. <laughs> Dude, they've lost 12 times this year. They've lost 12 times. 38-12-5. and 38-12-5. Yeah. Uh, four points better than Pittsburgh with two games in hand. Six points better than the Rangers, uh, even. 14 points better than Washington with, uh, was it one or two games in hand? I think that one game in hand with Washington. Uh, Three points ahead of Tampa, uh, although Tampa's got a game on Carolina. Uh, Four ahead of Florida, even. Actually, no, Florida has Carolina. No, uh, I guess Florida also has a game in hand. Um, Toronto... Uh, 74 points, Boston, 70 points. Anyway, uh, those are just the, uh, the standings. The other thing that I, I, I mentioned actually in the beginning of the pod is that I also, you, and I, I put it on Twitter too. I hate, I hate that you don't have Trocheck for five minutes, last three, 14 of regulation. And the first, basically the first two of overtime where you don't have access to your only right-handed centerman, uh, and a guy who plays in the middle uh, of your power play, who is your net front side of the goal presence. You don't have that, not to mention he's part of your penalty kill if you need him. And so you go you go that that part of the game without him. But here's and there's nothing good about it, but I think it it kind of demonstrated the place that this team went to in the mm-hmm. second and third period. Because I think they definitely did kind of enter yeah. a little bit of a zone. Uh, I don't. I don't know about you, Alec, but this felt like a very, very important regular season game to me. <laughs> it did. It really did. <laughs> That's why I was saying earlier. Like it, it set itself up for a great ending, given the two teams playing. You know the fact that we're in this portion of the season at this point, like. I mean, these games are big. These head-to-head matchups like this in the division, they're big-time games. So I, I, I agree. I mean, it, it was just a – it was a really – I mean, it would have – I think it would have been an entertaining hockey game, albeit harder to digest had the Hurricanes lost. But it was just a good hockey game. I mean, it yeah. was a fun hockey game to watch. Those are the types of games I like where yeah. they get a little snarly, they get a little <laughs> nasty – you know, they get they get intense. Uh, guys are doing stupid stuff because the emotions are running high. Yeah. Like, hopefully that's not the Canes. But, I mean, you, you're right, though. It was very symbolic of the place they went. And then, you know, Latang doing what he did in, in overtime, also kind of symbolic with where the game had gone. Because, I mean, that's a, that's a great player that yeah. is important to them and what they do. And for him to get baited like that was pretty surprising, honestly. Uh, yeah, I mean it's surprising. I maybe thought that he, at the at the very least, he would get they would get matching minors, or that they would just let it go. And frankly, they let the first three penalties Latang committed there go. He just wouldn't stop. So the referee had to put his arm in the air. I'm like, dude, I I tried, I tried to let it go. All right. I did, but it, but I, I just couldn't do it. Um, are you worried Martin Natchez has completely forgotten how to score goals? Um, I am a little worried about it, honestly. 18, and, 18 games with that one. Yeah, 18 and what now, 1 and 26 or yeah, well, 1 or, and yeah, 27? Uh, 20, 
25? I think it's, it's 26. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, n- n- none in 15 for Jarvis. Yeah, I am. And, uh, you know, the last thing that you want when you're not scoring goals is A, a giveaway that leads to a goal. Yeah. And B, a third period penalty when the game's on the line in the offensive zone. Yeah. And that, that's really the only thing that I thought of at the time was, you know, if you're not going to score goals, I mean, I've said this a million times, but so much of sports to me is not only about what you're doing you know, about your strength and how those, those contribute to the team, but also how you make up for your weaknesses. And, you know, it's one thing to be not scoring goals, the problem. It's another thing to be giving them up and putting your team in bad spots on top of it. I mean, we talk like, we talk about basketball, you know, if the, if the ball's not going in for you, make an impact somewhere else. Right. You know, and you can't be just this, this exponentially negatively impactful player if you're not going to score goals. And that, that sort of bothered me about it tonight too, just kind of on top of the lack of goal scoring. But I mean, listen, I thought he was, probably the best player last night. Right. If there was one. And, you know, even even he had his moments. I mean, there was a time last night where he basically fumbled the puck yep. with, like, a breakaway on his stick. Uh-huh. So, oh, there's there's uh, there's Brock McGinn. No shirt. No shirt under his, <laughs> under his sweater. <laughs> they're, showing the, they're showing the replay of uh, McGinn scoring uh, – Scoring the game winner in Washington. Oh, okay. Very cool. Yeah. I love that he doesn't wear a shirt under his jersey. It's one of my favorite parts of He and Dougie Hamilton. Yeah. I don't know why that entertains me so much, but it's just just real hard ass. (laughs) I feel like. Uh, I don't know if he got Uh, a video or not, but uh, he did get honored. He He did get recognized in the first intermission. I mean, I think there would be a lot of video-worthy stuff from again. Absolutely. I mean, probably you know a lot of PKs, a lot of block shots. Yeah, just obviously just the goal play in that Washington. Goal. Play that goal in Washington. Who who, who cares yeah. what else you play? Yeah. So anyway, yeah, Natchez. I'm I, I am concerned about it, and I'm even more concerned about it when you're doing a bunch of other negative stuff on top of it. Yeah, I I I give him. I don't want to give him uh, the benefit of the doubt, but I kind of thought that the penalty in the third period was more two guys whacking at the at the puck at the same time, and Natchez just knocked the stick out of this guy's hand, Pedersen's hand. Like I thought it was yeah. kind of a it's kind of a, an unlucky penalty to draw for Natchez, and frankly, mm-hmm. if it, there wasn't enough for me at 2-2 at that point in the game to call that. I just think it's a situation where Pedersen just had the stick knocked out of his hand inadvertently. I just, I wouldn't have called that. Uh, But whatever, 
they called it, and Carolina killed the penalty, which was uh, obviously very good. And all I was thinking about was the last time you killed a penalty, uh, you gave up a goal right after it because everybody just kind of went, ah, cool, we killed that penalty. Oh, wait, we're still playing. Uh, and that's uh, that's the way that happened. But anyway, um, I'm, he's it's been frustrating to watch him because you know how good he can be. Um, but on the positive side is that when he ever does come out of this, mm-hmm. maybe it'll be like opening up a hydrant. Maybe he'll yeah, just start so. pouring them in like Jordan Stahl yeah. I was going to say, look what happened to Jordan. What did we say? Back at that Pittsburgh, I think it was the last Pittsburgh game or the last Boston game where he just ran into the puck and it went in. <laughs> like, Natchez needs that. He yep. needs that to happen. But the thing about Natchez that I think differentiates himself from, from Stahl is that, you know, the cliche with Stahl is that he's, you know, he, he's always sort of around it. It's just not going in for him. He does plenty of other things to be involved. And it just doesn't feel like Natchez is that involved. It doesn't feel like he's that impactful. It doesn't really feel like he's getting a ton of chances. Well, the one thing I will say about Natchez um, through all of this, he's continued to be a very good penalty killer. I mean, he's good at it. So there are certain elements of his game that haven't fallen off. That's one of them. Uh, so I will give him credit for that. And he has not lost his opportunity there either, in spite of the fact that he has mismanaged the puck way more often than not. So good for him for that. But um, yeah, he's just, he does. I mean, he had a, a great opportunity and got robbed. Great glove save by DeSmith uh, tonight. So uh, hopefully he'll mm-hmm. get one to go in. Uh, maybe he needs to just, you know, bank one in off his cup. Yeah, something like that. It's, I feel like that's what it's going to take. Something weird. Something weird. That's how it usually happens. Got to get a greasy one or, you know, one off your face or off your cup or something like that. Yeah, let, let, you know, stand there, let one hit you in the ear and uh, and, and, yeah. and dribble into the net. That yeah, would... talk to Justin Williams about that. Gosh, I still, I love to tease Pesci. Like, you realize that your slap shot didn't even cause Williams to miss the rest of the game. <laughs> right. You, you caught him right in the face. He went to the locker room, got stitched up, and came back. That's how mm-hmm. weak your shot is, Brent. Um, <laughs> all right. I guess uh, on that note, uh, give me your three stars, and then we'll close shop. So I think my three stars were actually the same as the building's three stars. I gave Andre the third star. I gave Nino the second star, and I gave Stahl the first star. Yeah, the uh, the building had it. Nino three, Andre two, Stall one. That's exactly how I had it. It made me feel bad because I like to be different. But yes, I know. I, I thought <laughs> I thought Nino was all over the game. Uh, yeah. I didn't like his frustration penalty in the first period, which ultimately that was the extended play that led to the second goal uh, because he really didn't have to do anything there. I mean, the guy didn't. The guy shoved you. I mean, just. Skate to the bench. You're going off on a line change. Uh, don't yeah. slash the guy in the, in the hands. Uh, Andre, I thought, was great all night. He would have been uh, one of my stars, even had somebody else scored the goal. Uh, he probably would have been the third star for me, but I gave him the second one since he scored the goal. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, the captain was great. I mean, he's got eight goals this year. It's not like he had uh, the offensive. He was 
the season he had a year ago, but I mean, he's been really good all year long. And now the puck's going in and nobody's asking any more questions, Alec. Yeah, exactly. I wanted someone to. What's going on with Jordan? Yeah, what's what happened wrong? to him? What's wrong with Jordan? Why is he uh why is he playing so well now? Just to just yeah. to see Rod roll his eyes. Yeah. When he scored his first one, I, I tweeted that. Someone should ask Rod <laughs> what's going on with Jordan. <laughs> uh all right, sir. We can uh, we get a day off and then we uh will do this Seattle Kraken thing and I will be at PNC Arena on Sunday. Yes. And, uh, you know, for anyone who is listening to this edition of the podcast, listen to the previous edition of the podcast with John Forza. Yeah. Did you listen to that whole thing? I have not yet. I have not. I plan on it, though. I am going to listen. We are driving up to Richmond tomorrow, so I'm probably going to listen to it tomorrow. All right. Uh, Have fun in Richmond. What are you going to Richmond for? My nephew's birthday party. Oh, fantastic. Bounce house? I don't think there's a bounce house. At least I have not heard of that. Um, he is turning four. Oh, okay. So, I don't know. When is when do you start getting bounce houses? I have no idea. I've never had a bounce house. Yeah. So, I don't know. I have not heard of one, but uh, we gotta take uh, we got to take a trip to get a haircut in the morning. And then... We're going to roll up to Richmond and hang out for the day, spend the night, come back Sunday. Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, hopefully uh, go to hopefully go to Bev's and get the greatest ice cream ever created. Oh, in Richmond, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, bring some back then. I will try. I wonder if I can find some dry ice so I can transport it. Good luck. Good luck, sir. <laughs> see you Sunday. Yeah, supply chain issue. Yep. <laughs> see you Sunday. All right, man. All right, before we dive out of here, let's hear the head coach, what he thought about tonight's game. Rod Burnamore. I mean, it's tough that this time of year. There's so many games and, you know, just coming one after another. And, you know, I think it's just it's hard to garner that every night. And obviously in our rank, it helps. <laughs> I mean, just you come in here and the building's electric and obviously the opponent helps. We don't talk a lot about Vincent's kind of agitating capabilities, but I think they were kind of full display tonight. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I'm assuming you, you love having at least a guy out there who's in that fight in that way. Well, we're all, you know, everyone has different personalities and how they play, and you know, we want to be competitive, but he's, he's you know, he's got a little extra, you know, gear, and uh, you know, like you said, that was what we saw tonight. Stall, I was going to say, Stall gives you honest effort almost every night, but it seems like it's the pins he seems to Raise it to another level sometimes. Uh, that's you know to ask him about all that, but I mean it's uh, yeah he was good. Their line that line did, should have had a few more. There's uh, weird things going on that didn't go in the net, but um, then they get kind of the one that maybe shouldn't have. It was just you know it was their night. The, the guy like I said, I think our guys played a great game and we got the two points. All right, we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. There's no place like it. Uh, Siding, roofing, windows, doors, gutter helmets. They got it all. Sammy Hanna and his crew do a great job online. Aluminumcompany.com. Free no obligation estimate there. Follow the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can rate us. You can review us. You can give us five stars. Do whatever you want. It's fine. 
Uh, and we like the feedback, so let us know what you think. And we do this all the time. We do this after every Hurricanes game. And isn't that uh, great? And real quick on Twitter, uh, tell me you didn't get Marshawn vibes from Trochek's bait. I did. I kind of did get Marshawn vibes. Uh, and uh, there are more than one of these from Travis. Games like this are why Trochek needs to be re-signed. All the other stuff applies. Solidifying, solidifying second center, makes Stall a monster third center offensive skill, blah, 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 blah. I love Trocek. I'd love to see them keep him. I really do. I really would. I just don't know if it's going to happen because I think that they are absolutely in bed. And I'm not, I'm not against uh, Kokaniemi, but I think they have decided that Kokaniemi will be their second center going forward. Uh, and then they will try to find essentially a replacement for Vincent Trocek. But he's, he'll be 29 next year. Kotkaniemi will be 22. And I think those are the numbers that they are looking at. Anyway, uh, I'm, I am in to- total agreement with the Vincent Trocek lobby. Uh, we are out of here. Uh, we will see you Sunday night after the Canes and the Kraken. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsfan.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice.